0: Actually, I can do the I can get just guitar solo ready.
1: Yeah. Braa <laughs>
0: looking to your heart baby. I and
1: I like um, I like when uh, the guitar suddenly slowly morphs into a person <laughs> speaking, uh, and then quickly morphs back into a guitar.
0: Hey, welcome to your inner child as an idiot. This is the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name's DJ.
1: Over there is Sippy Magoo. Thank you. Uh, That is my (laughs) name from my frat house days. I'm Damon. Sippy Magoo. Little sips.
0: Um, So, since the last time we (laughs) were in uh, recording a podcast, um, a large tornado uh, destroyed part of our town that we live in came can confirm came fairly close to your house that's right uh and then uh shortly thereafter the world um fell into chaos we are now living in a post-apocalyptic wasteland uh we will be making light of the um contagion that's happening right now because that's what we do but i want you all to know listening at home we're both terrified we are scared for our loved ones. We're scared for ourselves. And if you are uh, sick, we are not making light of your situation. We think it sucks. And the only way that we know how to deal with things is to laugh and make fun of things.
1: My therapist uh, sighs <laughs> every time I I mention it. Um, yeah. I first off, I want to uh, I want to thank you for using the term thereafter, which is the proper uh, mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic yes preposition, yes. Um, and. Uh, I did stay up last night till 2 a.m. just blinking, just doing some blinking, um, blinking and thinking it's my blinking I, and thinking time. I chose
0: to use the time when I couldn't fall asleep last night, um, to Google local restaurants that may no not <laughs> soon go out of business because no one can go there. Um, I was actually just looking at my favorite one, seeing if they decided to do takeout. Uh, and I don't know why I chose to do this. There was no immediate need. I was in bed. Um, <laughs> it's a terrifying time. And uh, we're going to try to talk about a movie
1: instead. Great. I'm glad that we, <laughs> I'm glad we saw the the world and the state it's in and said, we really need to get back <laughs> into the recording booth. And and get our podcast out there because the people, the fives, the tens of people <laughs> they need, need this us. podcast.
0: Now more than never.
1: Um, people out there are saying, when are BJ and David going to do that show?
0: <laughs> That's my favorite show. Your person is a wonderland, I think it's called. <laughs> um, a lot of people get us and John Mayer confused. Um, so... We are recording remotely. It's important that people know that social distancing is very important in this time. Uh, no matter, you.
1: I am none. at least six feet away from you, if <laughs> not are, more.
0: We have that beat for sure. <laughs> um, so we're going to watch Robin Hood: colon, Prince of Thieves today. Um, tell me about your relationship with this movie. Thank you.
1: Um, it's no, not my it's first Robin Hood. Interview. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my first Robin Hood, not my last Robin Hood. I believe my last Robin Hood was that weird Russell Crowe one yeah. that was kind of like Tea Party I I don't know. It was know like what 2010. Was um, but this, I will say, and um, it's possible I've said this for three other movies we've, we've reviewed, <laughs> but this was my first rated R movie. Kevin Costner, but Oh, yeah. It would have been my first Kevin Costner, but that I can confirm. Uh, but this was the first rated R movie that I saw in the theater. My mother, my mother, uh, she took me out. Phyllis, um, Phyllis sending um, her good health. Phyllis Geraldine Xanthopoulos, not her middle name. Um, she, it was. <laughs> she, uh, she took me out to go see it. Um, I think about maybe twenty minutes in. She made. She realized that she had made a huge mistake because it was a lot more bloody than you mm, expect from yeah. a Robin Hood movie um but I remember we both really enjoyed it and I still sometimes have caught it on TV probably okay. TNT if I had uh, had to put money on it Seems let's like be honest bet. Good
0: bet. Yeah.
1: um and I still enjoy it yeah I- the last few times I've seen it I've, I've, I've enjoyed it and I will admit that it's mostly um what's his name not Kevin Costner. Um, yeah. and not Christian Slater, but uh Alan I keep wanting to say Alan Tudyk, but it's Alan Rickman. <laughs> a lot
0: of really good lines that I already remember. Like I quote this movie more than you would think. Uh
1: I don't know. I've heard it. you quote it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He uh, it's a Christian Slater line and then uh what is Alan Rickman's uh, oh, yeah, cousin, why a spoon? Cause it's dull, you
1: twit, it'll hurt more. Yes, good. You sound mostly Alan like, recommend. um, yeah, it sounded a little David Brent from the British office, but otherwise, great.
0: By Grappler's uh, Hammer. What a <laughs>
1: Um Um, I do, uh, I like, uh, because I like the campier aspects of this movie, I appreciate the witch that is in it, like inexplicably in it. They, yeah. uh, because sometimes she's just saying ludicrous things, such as the painted man. Sometimes yeah. I like to, oh, yeah, like, especially Freeman. if we're painting, if we're painting in the in the house, like we are now. Sometimes <laughs> we're like the painted wall. Um, Morgan no Freeman is in this. You just this was, look at the
0: audience and they give you nothing. <laughs>
1: No <laughs> yeah, Tyler's just like, please stop. You've done it three times. I told you I've never seen that movie. I still don't get it. Please stop saying that. Uh, Morgan Freeman is in this movie. Um, yeah. Who else is in this movie? Um, oh, spoiler alert. Sean Connery's in this movie. Oh, well, that's right. At the very end. Yes, at the very end. And he, I only found out recently that he was in a version of Robin Hood where he played Robin Hood. So, uh, you know. That's why. It's what we call a uh, reference in, and, these, uh, in this
0: post-Marvel day and age that's a reference. It's not, as our, our mutual friend LT would make sure to note, a cameo, because he is not playing himself. She loves this distinction.
1: Yes. Loves it. It's Language not a cameo because it's not oval-shaped, and it doesn't <laughs> have a person in profile right. carved in ivory on it. I have uh, not not
0: only the fact that I have seen this so- this song no this movie many times.
1: Wow, you can see songs. You've got that see thing that's not real. Snake Man. Uh,
0: <laughs> two personal connections. One, I've had an actual conversation with Kevin Costner, real close friend of mine. Your uh, friend, Your friend Kev, of the show. Me and Kevy, Kev, Kev <laughs> uh, go way back. You may or may and not. And what
1: was know. the nature of that that conversation?
0: Well, you may or may not know that uh, Kevin Costner has a musical career. Um, I may not have known that. <laughs> yeah, and whether it's good or not is not important, but he has it. Um, and does he so, tour with the Bacon Brothers? <laughs> I, I don't know. You gotta. You, that seems not, like a bill. Yeah, that has to have been and him, Gary
1: Sinise, the Bacon Brothers, yeah, Dog Star, Keanu Reeves band could be in it. Bruce Willis playing harmonica all over the place.
0: Ooh, would be an eighties concert. 80s. I want to avoid. <laughs> Jared Leto shows up. They're like, get out of here. Oh. Um, so we, my band opened for his band uh, in Monaco, and he was very, very nice. Like he, you How could was tell, he? like he was like he like came over to us like because we always wanted to like get our picture taken because it was like really good for the band and like you know like plus you know personally it was just like hey there's a celebrity um but you you had to be careful you know like because some people are cool with it some people are you know and they're some people are busy or whatever he like walked straight over to us and was like what's up guys i'm kevin we're like yeah i know he was very interested in talking about music so it's not really relevant to our conversation here but he like Invited us to hang out with his band. Like after it was like he was just genuinely a nice guy. There was was no, he being
1: like, a little too nice? Did it start to become uncomfortable? Like all right, we, we were, get this, it.
0: This was like one of our first like a bigger acts that we opened for, and we thought like, oh, this is just how it's going to be. People are just going to be super cool and like invite us over and stuff. That was the only time that ever happened.
1: <laughs> did you open for Ellen DeGeneres' band, and was she as nice?
0: <sighs> she speared our bass player. Uh, Speared with an eye beam. I don't know. I couldn't compare. <laughs> that.
1: Um, Speared so. him. I <laughs> imagined a literal spear, like she just had a spear I on just hand. Stuck with that. Get a halberd.
0: So, second connection. Um, first time that I ever. You have a second connection to to, to Kevin Costner. Yes. Uh. Well, no. Go to on. this movie. No. No. To this movie. Um. I. The first time I ever sang in public um in fourth grade, our choir teacher would allow you to bring a tape and sing over top of it, like as like a show, it was like a show and tell kind of thing, but you- it was a performance. And I sang everything I do, I do it for you by Brian Adams, who that woman's we name also was Mrs. For-
1: oh, very nice. And so your music teacher was actually Mrs. Sally Karaoke.
0: And that's she invented that. Mm-hmm. She invented karaoke yeah <laughs> um, how déjà vu, we have not
1: talked about this movie yet, right? No, we only talked about talking about it for a long time. Okay. but I feel like this movie is now just more remembered for spurring Robin Hood men and tights more than yes. anything well, else I don't
0: know if it's more remembered for it, but I get them a little conflated to be honest
1: i guess i don't I don't think it's. Completely forgotten, but I feel like it's sort of poo pooed now.
0: I think what's most, this movie is most famous for is Kevin Costner kind of being bad in it and not remotely trying for an accent, even though.
1: Well, the rumor asked. is. This is, uh, this is one of the few times where I know IMDb trivia before we look up IMDb <laughs> trivia after watching the movie. But rumor has it, he did try, and the director and like, requested please, that he stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. He's like, it would be less distracting if there was just a guy from Southern California in medieval England than whatever you're doing right now. <laughs> I think it was probably a good call. I don't think uh, the only time I've heard Kevin Costner do accent work was in the movie, the historical drama, 13 Days, where he does a um, Kennedy style Boston accent. And it is equally, equally distracting. Uh, Hey, sport, he says to his his son at one point. Hey, sport. That is a weird. um... Fuck the car. Back the car. terrible i feel like that
0: that must be a difficult accent because i feel like a lot of people fuck that up but also when you hear like a a hard boston accent in real life you're like that can't be real
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're doing a character
0: i was in in line uh is this your type
1: five sir
0: (laughs) i have probably told this story before but i was because it's amazing i was having uh p like in line for a pizza place in boston and uh they were like coming out. It was like a very small place, so you just stood in line, and then they, being like, Bostonians,
1: they were coming yes. out.
0: Yeah, well, the the people at the at the restaurant, like the hostess, w- came out and was asking how many people were in each party because they would you know let you in the building and whatever. So um, they're like, "How many in your party?" Too how many in your party? And then this guy is just standing behind me, and she's like, "How many in your party?" And she's like, "Ah, there's two of us." She's parking
1: the car, and she like, <laughs> like the thing. <laughs> uh, oh, I God. felt like that when I was in England, when people would be like, oh, what do you have? And I'm like, all right, your majesty, quit it with the voice acting work. Um, we all know how your normal talk, stop it. Movies. I became from Boston and I insisted they speak American English. We're going to watch <laughs>
0: uh, Robin Hood, colon, Prince of Thieves. Um, and he really was the Prince of Thieves. He's just, Not the know, King of Thieves. Well, you know, you What's a guy got to do? Yeah, that's a good point. Why is he not the king of thieves? Who's is
1: the Satan the king of thieves?
0: I guess his dad would be the king.
1: Oh, so Lord of Loxley is the king of thieves. Yeah. Robin of Loxley. <laughs> Makes sense. If I, know, if I know feudalism, that's how that <laughs> works.
0: <laughs> um, so we're going to watch that and uh, watch along with us. It's on Netflix as of March 2020, whenever we're recording this. Um,
1: so good fucking luck to you. Everything I do. Mm-hmm. This is the time where we normally
0: talk about how people should give us money to be our patrons um on patreon.com slash an idiot. However, that feels stupid. More stupid <laughs> than normal. Um, mm-hmm. Agreed. Let's just let our listeners know. Uh, as it stands right now, Damon and I are.
1: Is it the hair? Is the, are you? Oh, okay. No, I'm just. But you were you know, laughing. I don't want at me. our
0: listeners to worry about us.
1: Um, oh, you're putting them at ease. I got it. Sorry. So, go ahead.
0: If there's, I think that you should probably spend your money elsewhere. To be honest. Um. Support a local restaurant that has pivoted to take out. Uh, there's a music cares um, fund uh, supporting
1: musicians that are out of work. Um, minstrels, I call them <laughs> in the, in the cadence or the parlance of our movie today.
0: Truly in- the minstrels of our time. That's what we always refer to ourselves as.
1: I bet you um, learned how to play the lyre just to get laid when you were a teenager. I did. Girls uh, are going to love this lute playing I have. I was very inspired by Sting's Lute
0: album, which <laughs> we all remember Wait, is that real? and celebrate. Yes,
1: please tell me it it's real. Happened.
0: Oh, it's real. Okay. Of course it is.
1: Is there any um, songs I know on it? Not to completely derail from donating money I, you to your local. You can only play business. Green
0: Sleeves on a lute, right? <laughs> <That's, that's laughs>
1: right? They called it the Green Sleeves Machine when they first <laughs> invented it. Uh, but. If you
0: find yourself uh, wanting to support us anyway, patreon.com slash idiot. How about that? Is that
1: a good commercial? Yeah, you can cut out all the stuff I said, but that's great.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, I usually do. (laughs) This is actually a one-man podcast. You and I are the only people that know that you're on the show at all. (laughs) Um, we're back. Everything I do, I do for you, Damon.
1: DJ, I mean, I wish I could say this comes as a surprise, but your body language whenever we're together is fairly obvious about it. And your style of Canadian whisper singing also gives it away. He's got that rough, that gruff Canadian Uh, uh, Is he a little bit pockmarked, if memory serves? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That guy
0: can sing very well. I also forgot... Do you say can or can't? He he can. He wails. And I think uh, I also... While we're talking about it, while we're talking about Brian Adams, (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and I just want you to think about... What do you think about what you've done? (laughs) Because he got kind of uh, this movie or this uh, song from this movie is kind of what did it. He got cemented as kind of like a ballad guy, right? Um, but I want to tell you, we got run to you. I'm going to run to you. Yeah. We got summer of 69. Uh-huh. Yep. Heaven.
1: Oh, Which is also a ballad. uh, um, wait, I'm sorry. Can, I'm can you actually, what's heaven again? Um, Oh,
0: thinking about, it.
1: Okay, yeah, okay, got it. Ooh, da, da, so- da, 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 da. We're in heaven. We're in heaven. God, Me and Tyler like to sing that, but we always change Heaven to Kevin. Hard to believe <laughs> we're in I'm Kevin. with Kevin. Oh, we're, Kevin. <laughs> uh well in Kevin all I'm sure I guarantee you. <laughs> I have no memory of it, but I guarantee you the lyrics have changed to I'm in Kevin. Because <laughs> we've got filthy sense of humor. That's like a knife. I'm just I'm still going. Yeah. Um, What's that really like kind of tacky one that was like near the end of the Brian Adams wave where it was like. He started singing like explicitly about sex and no one was buying it. The best thing you look good in is me or something. Oh, yeah. The only thing that looks good on me is you or the. the Yes, that's more accurate.
0: Please, Damon, won't you recap this movie for me? Thank
1: you. Thank you. Um, Sip on my LaCroix. So Robin of Loxley is the son of Brian Blessed, Shakespearean actor from the Flash Gordon movie. Um, And uh, he's off fighting in the Crusades. Uh, Noble cause, if ever there was one. Yeah. And he's been captured, captured. uh, But eventually he escapes through uh, skullduggery and, uh, you know, confusing goings-on, saves Azim, played by Morgan Freeman. Eventually, they come back to the White Cliffs of Dover and uh, find that uh, Azim uh, has also, uh, because Robin has saved his life, he's coming with him to England in a very contrived uh, plot device. Um, and he comes with him because he has to also now in uh, recompense save Robin's life. But they find that uh, the Lord Loxley, Robin's father, has been killed, his lands seized by the Sheriff mm. of Nottingham. Rottingham, I call him. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> there's what no need for name have? calling. And uh, anyway, Robin, having lost his title, uh, forgoes his lordly life and moves into Shorewood Forest with a band of merry men, one might say. Uh, who are all peasants who have been uh, forced into the forest by the excessive taxation of the Sheriff of Nottingham. Boo. Hans
0: Boo!
1: Boo! Hiss, et cetera. Um, anyway, uh, eventually he leads a peasant revolt against the Sheriff of Nottingham while also trying to woo his lady love Maid Marian. Uh, yada, yada, yada. He... Uh, Kills the satanic sheriff of Nottingham and uh, marries Maid Marian. And it's over, the, the wedding is witnessed by Richard III back from the Crusades. King Richard. King Richard I, lion hearted or something. You look radiant, cousins. Mishmash moosh. <laughs> yeah, that's good it. to be the king. Is that pretty much it? Robin Hood, colon prince of thieves. Prince Can you hear any? Hold on. Can you yeah. hear any of the nonsense that Tyler's doing in the kitchen? I heard something that sounded like uh, he was scraping ceramic bowl on a countertop. All right. Do I have to tell him to stop? You hear that? You hear that? What's he doing? Washing dishes. Mm. Hold on a second. Even my grunts are loud.
0: I think it's fine. If you if you if it's bothering you. Go That's fine. I
1: just wanted to make sure it doesn't bother me. I just wanted to make sure that you're not hearing it. I think we all
0: know what kind of situation we're in. I think we'll get a lot of leeway on the audio.
1: People Uh-oh. usually are cool with that.
0: <laughs> People love low quality audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: including myself. I never complain about it. So we I've never screamed in my business. car. Oh, sorry. <laughs> start over. Time. Just go ahead and start. Um, I
0: don't think I need to talk about the tapestries anymore, but I do want to talk about the score, which I did not realize, I did not remember that is a jam. Oh, yeah.
1: It's, uh, it's not bad. It's, it's very good. Those uh, instruments uh, probably didn't exist
0: yet, but it's a good score. Yeah, it's definitely, it's very like, um, epic. You know what I mean? It's a very like. I feel like it's a nod to the I, I've never seen like any of the
1: Errol Flynn Robin Hood stuff, but I feel like this whole movie Leave you mean Douglas Fairbanks, is that his real name? Well, no, uh, I, I don't think Errol Flynn was ever in uh, Robin Hood. Well, was you know, Douglas I thought Fairbanks. that he was
0: I thought that he was famous for
1: maybe I'm wrong. <sighs> Anything's possible. But, you know, I'm just looking it up real quick. Maybe uh, you're right. Maybe you're right.
0: His, oh, his no, you're best, right. You are he was right. Best you are known right. for his role as Robin Hood in the. <laughs> of Robin Hood, well,
1: Douglas Fairbanks was also a Robin Hood. Everyone's been a Robin Hood. Okay, I apologize. Um,
0: but, you know, like uh, the Errol Flynn era was like very, it was like the swashbuckling. Swinging from chandeliers and fighting in a castle, but from the clips I've seen, I, I can't be pretend that I watch them all the time or anything, but this feels like it was very much wanting to keep that tone while also doing something very different. Like their uh, the score is very like, uh, pronounced and very like epic.
1: Well, I wonder also if that's kind of telling you when this movie was made. I feel like we're in an era where scores are kind of being downplayed. Yeah. I mean, the score to the newest Superman movies are... Mm, mm, and that's it. <laughs> and then a big... Uh, I mean, I feel like scores are kind of on the on the outro. And so maybe it's just a dated aspect of having watching a 1990 movie but it is I mean it is a blaring score it's it's I attention to itself often
0: yes I found it very charming um oh yeah if a little yeah a little intrusive maybe from time to time but only because of yeah of kind of not being as used to that anymore um you know Star Wars being the big exception of like they still treat the score as like part of the movie whereas a lot of movies are getting away from that. It's more like just setting atmosphere as opposed to being a thing into itself. But anyway, we don't need to talk about that for forever, but
1: let's go ahead. Do you want wait. Hold on. I do want to talk about yeah. one thing just to get back to Brian Adams a little bit. Uh, did you find every time they tried to work in the, uh, Brian Adams melody that it was always really distracting and felt like it was shoehorned in. Yeah. yeah. Because it also yeah. is not a very medieval song. No. I mean, I am sure there's, uh, you know, a medieval musical lecturer that can correct me on on all the ways that the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves score is uh, chronologically incorrect. Um, but that one is especially like, it doesn't even fit into what I conceive of as medieval music. Yeah, so yeah. when that comes on, it's always just really jarring. Anytime that made Marion and, and Kevin Costner are in, in a, in the lens together, it's time yes. for Brian Adams melody.
0: Yeah. It's set up like their love theme. And it's, uh, it's pretty heavy handed. It's not quite as heavy handed as, uh, take my breath away. away. <laughs> because it is kind of woven into the score until you know we actually hear the the brian adams song, but like uh like it's yeah i it was a little distracting i agree because you're like oh because it's also like a very recognizable song because it was a huge hit at this time so right it's like yeah um you want to go ahead and talk about the crusades shall we who can we please i think uh, uh you're going to be a much more knowledgeable source on this being uh more of a history nerd than I am, but uh, famously one of the worst ideas of all time, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and one that has colored millennia since with acrimony and ill will. Right. Um, I mean, I feel like this movie uh, is on the verge of, of understanding that the Crusades are a terrible idea, and a lot of people... Right died for stupid religious reasons. Yeah. Um, and also racist reasons. Um, but yeah, there were crusades. I mean, uh, apparently there were three of them three times. We tried and failed to take, take the Holy land. Um, so in this one, I think it's the third crusade. I think so. If I'm not mistaken. Um, and, uh, I believe Jerusalem has been lost and, um, I don't know. I, w- w- what's to say? I mean, <laughs> I think it's one of those pieces of Western history that we tend to sort of gloss over, but in the Middle East, it's like this culminating point where the, where Western civilization started to try and force its will into the Middle East yeah. and has not stopped for 2000 years. Yeah. Well, or I mean, 1000 like, years, I guess I should say,
0: you know, it was like a, a, a very long time ago, even in like our history classes, like, but it is like the way that Germany talks about World War II. We're like, this happened, but also <laughs> let's just kind of, let's move on to the the period after. Let's go ahead and talk about what happened after that. Uh, Cause it's such a, like uh, when you describe it, you're like, you know, it seemed important at the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. It's, I mean, it's, it's horribly terrible. And I mean, I feel like this movie, I think this movie is trying to have it both ways where it, it is trying to make points about the crusades. We have this, this character, Azim, who is a Muslim top that is it. not part of the, um, original band of merry men. Right. And apparently, according to the trivia, I read, uh, they accidentally cribbed from another adaptation of Robin Hood and then didn't re thinking that he was part of like the Legends of Robin Hood, and someone had to go, uh, they just made that character up. And so they had to hastily like rename and sort of change the character a little bit oh. so that he wasn't a complete ripoff. Whoops. Um, but. I feel like this movie kind of wants to have it both ways. It wants to sort of play with the historical backdrop of the Crusades and have Robin say a bunch of, like, uh, nice things or sort of, like, more progressive than, you know, medieval England things about how stupid the Crusades were. Uh, But it also, like, sort of likes to dabble in Orientalism and otherness with Azim and like these really like dark faced, um, in the first scene where we see, uh, Robin break out of the Arabian prison he's being kept in. Um, we sort of see this sort of like otherness of all these, just like horribly cruel, barbaric, uh, at Arab like jailkeepers, and then you get a little dash of the white saviorism where uh Kevin Costner gets to rescue Morgan Freeman from being imprisoned it it's a it's a little bit higglety picklety, I would say higglety picklety, a hard word to say if you're an american
0: <laughs> yeah they uh i I think you're right though I think they they just kind of wanted to. Well, you know, you you have to place the the telling of the story. And so that's part of It's like this is, you know, relevant for the time that this story is set. But also they wanted to kind of. They're not like going crazy with the everyone
1: is equal, you know, like kind of white savior stuff. But they do dabble. Yeah, I mean, it comes up a lot with whenever Azim is in the story meeting a new person, it seems like we have to have like a brief scene of that person dealing with Azim's blackness. Right. um, Which is understandable for a story set in medieval England. Um, For a lot of them, I'm sure he's literally the first black person they would have seen. Right. Um, But I don't know. It just comes off as, I don't know. I don't want to say it's bad. Because I think also it's sort of buoyed by Morgan Freeman's very uh, charming, yes, uh, playing uh, performance of Azim. I think he does a really great job of like imbuing a lot of charm and just fun into Azim for yeah. a character that could just sort of be a trope, right? Uh, so I think he he sort of keeps it afloat, but there are a lot of periods of. You know, I just want to remind everyone that this guy is Muslim and he doesn't yeah. drink. And I want to remind everyone that uh, a lot of people are uncomfortable around him, but he's being the bigger man about it. Sometimes they just wanted him to slice their heads off with his scimitar. <laughs> <laughs> and who <laughs> fucking racists? Like uh, this may the be a big scimitar, though.
0: It is. Uh, Huge. They don't come in small, I'll tell you that. I guess they don't. Uh, I, they really I, I don't. don't know know, they, they, they might. I don't know. Robin Hood wasn't
1: real, right? Like there was, was there a guy? I did with, a little research today. Yeah. Um,
0: I didn't. A man know. named a man named yeah,
1: so a, a man named Robin Hood uh, probably did not exist. But there are a lot of he, there is some debate among scholars if if he is based on a real person, okay. and there are some uh, claims as to who that real person might have been. But yeah, he's a folk hero. He's Johnny Appleseed, except for that was real, yeah. Part, right? Yeah. He's like Barack Obama. He's not real. He's sort of an amalgamation of a bunch of people we, we saw. I will say this, though. Whether Robin Hood existed or not, he did have a tan line. Uh, <laughs> I, that is true. And he that did swim.
0: Factual. I always
1: uh, remember this. He swims, like, frog style. <laughs> that Which was what, like, in the ballad of Robin Hood and Guy Gisborne, they mentioned that he swims frog style.
0: <laughs> every time I, I think about that, I'm like, that doesn't work, does it? I mean, for frogs, it works for frogs. But he's not a frog.
1: Maybe he has a frog suit on. Maybe it's like Mario Brothers Three. Plus, you see his geeky little K Koss butt. Which I always like. Oh yeah, you do get. I mean, very off uh, off screen, but you get some Koss butt. feet. B. How, how,
0: <laughs> I forgot how like visceral this movie is. Like, <laughs> there's like there's the scene of like people cutting <laughs> off hands in the very beginning when he's in the prison there's the scene of them like
1: very because they you know they've been in prison like the reasons for these things i i understand thank you for like, clarifying i thought it was a weird dorm and i was like guys you got to pull yourselves together <laughs> thank you for mentioning that it was a prison because i thought i saw a scarface poster in the background <laughs> that's odd but
0: like, you know like when they get out they they're eating like this fruit like very voraciously with their hands and it's everywhere yeah some sort of melon with like a seed
1: like yeah. a webby seed Interior
0: to the after passing the the white seas of D and getting on the shores of uh, <laughs> of uh, England he like kisses the sand but very intensely so at least like, get to the dry
1: him. sand why would you there, go to the wet sand and kiss
0: it yeah there's like uh, the eye what what did I say eyes what does that mean eyes Duncan's eyes oh yeah get cutting out his eyes and then like he cuts his hand as like a a, a oh blood promise to his father's grave, cuts his own hand, that uh the witch like uses her nails to crack open a egg that's filled with blood and then and then like,
1: later cut her own or, own skin yeah. with her fingernail.
0: And then like mixes it around the blood in the like in her spit. She spits into it. And then there's like as the, this one's less so, but for some reason it bothers me. As the um uh Nottingham's men find Robin and he as he uh run away on Marion's horses that she lets them take. And one of the horses like knocks its hoof on like a stone wall and like knocks over stones, which looks very painful for the horse.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Visceral. That's and, what you meant by visceral was horses knocking loose stones yeah, off. I mean, walls. Like, it's not, it doesn't have to just be humans. I feel pain. Sometimes it's
0: just gross. There's like, in the last, uh, in the final act, he's, he, rubs like horse manure all over himself to make sure that he's smelly
1: and people don't look at him too much. Cause he's in hiding. And, like, and, and this is one that sticks with me is when, uh, the plan goes awry. Will Scarlet, yes. they're going to chop his head off and the executioner, Exactly what's about to happen. <laughs> kneels kneels over him and whispers it. Well, it doesn't whisper, but grunts in his ear. There's always room for one more. And like purposefully, like a globule of spit, like lands oh. on, on beautiful Christian Slater's face and then like uh when they fight at uh, the big fight at the end the witch is like scratching
0: with her nails the so, like scratches uh what's his name? Uh, the uh
1: the, the the priest the bishop
0: yeah priest scratches his head and then like when uh uh nottingham gets stabbed he's like uh, just drooling everywhere like it's very
1: gross <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i think not- that's I think when I was talking about it in the first act I, for some reason I remember this movie is very bloody. It's not super bloody, but it is no. I think that is a perfect description. It is very visceral. Yeah. It reminds you. I think this movie uh more th- I think one of the per- the goals probably of this movie was they really wanted it to feel medieval rather than like the Douglas Fairbanks and Errol Flynn like right. the jaunty yeah. cap and the right. you know running around all these beautiful stone castles. It's very dark like the castles are ugliest sin like no one would ever want to stay in them uh yeah and there's just a lot of viscera and uh everything it's not a very you don't want to be here yeah and they use
0: they also use and this is more just off-putting it's not that doesn't fall in the visceral category but they use the fisheye lens a lot like i have it in my notes the whole thing looks like a beastie boys video (laughs) they use it a lot and it's It's very like it's it's makes you
1: uncomfortable and i think that's the intent but it's it's well yeah they use it in very like specific ways they use it with uh when guy of gisborne gets stabbed and i think with another guy of gisborne shot um where he like is just explaining something they use a fisheye lens on him the witch gets crazy Mm f-e-l um (laughs) it's yeah it's very weird and it's just like it almost feels like the director's like, hey, you guys heard about this fisheye lens thing?
0: It was just and Missy Elliott,
1: Missy yeah. Elliott's in the background going, tell me more.
0: <laughs> Writing in her little notepad. Um, <laughs> little known
1: your... fact, she was the best boy grip on Robin Hood.
0: <laughs> Funny enough, like, she actually wrote words, but it just looked like it's your flimmer
1: nip of fern derp, So <laughs> she just went with it like shit i wrote this like 10 years ago what the hell is this <laughs> um no yeah it is a very it seemed like a new toy that someone had gotten and yeah. and was playing around with it but yeah it is off-putting but it seems very dated now yes yeah yeah it
0: kind of places it. Plays a, it's a very of the era kind of thing just like when you watch the matrix now like when bullet time was like oh really cutting edge at the time but now you look back and you're like well that's that's a late '90s, early 2000s movie. Like, no matter right. if you know the movie or not, this is like, oh, this is a '90s thing. We got fish eyes everywhere. Um, I want you to know that somewhere, assuming it's had good ha- caretakers, somewhere in California, in some studio like warehouse, there exists a Renaissance painting of Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, that is uh, Brian Blessed looks at that very early, so it establishes who the Robin he's speaking of is. Just in case you didn't look at your ticket when you went to the theater, and just in case you didn't, you know, see any commercials before you came, uh, that's Robin Hood. Robin um, of the Hood. I remember when we when we turned it on the other day to watch it. I don't know why I have to explain so much about why I'd be turning it on. But I saw in the credits that Brian Blessed was in it. And I mean, Brian Blessed is not a huge actor, but he's big enough that it was like, why did you hire Brian Blessed to play Robin of Loxley's father and then die immediately? I'll
0: tell you why. I know exactly why. Dumb. Because he gets that sweet, sweet letter writing
1: narration. And you need a <laughs> he does. That is theater actor to do that. <laughs> He, gets, he has that Brian Blessed voice that he used to great effect in Flash Gordon the movie, and now he gets to put it to letter-writing narration. My son, Robin, has been off in the Crusades. And also to say, For God and King Richard! <laughs> and ride out into a, just a group of men who just slowly walk towards him with torches. Yeah. I don't know
0: what he thought was going to happen.
1: Just run away, man.
0: At least swing the sword while you're riding into it. <laughs> Uh, you don't have enough narration of writing letters anymore in modern stuff. I think we got to do that. I, th-
1: I think Carrie Bradshaw properly killed it. She killed. She it. Put, she put the stake through the heart of letter narration or writing narration. It's always <laughs> terrible. This one, it's no better. It's like, yeah, yes. I know. Oh, I, it's almost like we they planned the 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 prison break scene after. They're like, we really should actually have a scene in Jerusalem. We'll keep both scenes where he narrates what's going on, <laughs> and we have the prison break. No reason to have to like remove one. Like that, uh, it like was the fact that like immediately there's not like a bow
0: and arrow and green tights. They're like, like we got we got to explain where this guy came from. We're like, what
1: the fuck <laughs> is this? That's not Robin <laughs> Hood. What? Why is? Oh, and Robin Hood's wig in that scene and the beard. Mm. He looked like an animatronic from like Pirates of the Caribbean or something. <laughs> so
0: terrible <clears throat> let's see fish islands
1: uh did you feel like i want to point out um the witch mortiana yes who is i think as far as i could tell a complete uh, fabrication of this movie um which is fine i kind of like her she's yeah. ludicrous um and i remember she scared the shit out of me yes. when i was a kid Yeah. um she, I, I want to know what her uh, exercise regimen is, because the way she's sort of thrown around in the final act when she's being killed, uh, she must be very lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> um, at one point, she gets speared accidentally, I think, by Morgan Freeman. Yeah. He's
0: and, just kind of holding the spear, and she runs into it.
1: And she runs into it and, and walks away, you know, burdened by this spear. But then later... Uh, She has the, you know, uh, you didn't double tap the witch. So she, of course, comes back later on. I don't know how she came back because how she got in that room to hide behind the satanic altar. I would never know. But uh, it's not important. Morgan Freeman throws his aforementioned huge ass scimitar. Yeah. uh, And it hits her and she (laughs) it does it does not cease her moment. The momentum of the scimitar. She (laughs) just goes with it against the wall. Physically, that could happen is if she weighs less than the scimitar. She is like a human <laughs> dammit doll. She is just like a sock puppet. <laughs> She's adorable and I love her. Um, um, but yeah, she scared the shit out of me. And especially me, when I would see this, I would, I would have been knee deep in Christianity. I don't think I had been born again yet, but I would have been steeped, steeped Wait, in Protestant happen? Christianity. Huh? You were born again? Oh yeah, of course. What are you crazy? You think I haven't didn't have a god-shaped hole in my heart that I needed to fill? When did that happen? I don't know. A year before I renounced God and all all, well, all of its meaning. Long. Yeah. I was just like it didn't take. It didn't take. I I did karate longer than you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, 95, maybe 96, and then by 97 I was like this is dumb. Um, Uh, and then you were like wait why was I talking about being born again oh just the the satanism movie satanism is just so. first off movie satanism is always scarier than actual satanism where actual satanism is just like oh you just have no fashion sense and you know you just hate going to church but still found a way to keep going to church (laughs) you found a protest church to go to the best thing Uh, about not going to church is you don't have to go to church yeah sleep in and Unitarians, I'm talking to you too. Um, <laughs> uh, but she, yeah, she's like movie Satanism. So she's got dominoes, satanic dominoes. She's got blood. She's got bloody eggs. She's got uh, upside down crosses. She's got long, fungusy fingernails. Uh, she's got a dead eye or a milky eye, of course, because this is a precursor to Papa Roach videos. She's just this, <laughs> this close. To being in a nine-inch nails video. She's great. She's got a hunch. She's got a hunch. I yeah. love it. It's very other than a big long nose with
0: a wart on it. She's very um, pro, like a your stereotypical witch. She's great. And she's,
1: oh, yeah. she's always doing things like that. Oh, you know that her and Alan Rickman were like, this is dumb. Let's <laughs> fucking do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> They, uh, uh, without them, without those two characters,
0: this movie is at a, like, seven. Oh, And yeah. they were like, well, if we're gonna do this, let's fucking do this.
1: Apparently, and of course, this comes with the regular caveats of IMDb trivia, but it was, uh, I'm, Alan Rickman apparently refused the role three times, much like Caesar taking the crown of Rome. <laughs> uh, and he eventually acquiesced when they accepted his terms that he could interpret the character however he wanted. Oh. Okay. And in fact the line of uh where he turns to like two women in the hall and says you m- my my room 10:30 <laughs> you 10:45 bring a friend. Uh he had like two of his friends, two comedy writers he knew. One of them was Ruby Wax who worked on Absolutely Fabulous. I know she was a writer on Absolutely Fabulous, but he would have them write like punch up little lines that he could throw in there. <laughs> and like the line about this was one of my favorite lines. Um Halt the kitchen scraps for the lepers and the orphans, no more merciful beheadings, and cancel Christmas. Cancel <laughs> Christmas is a complete Alan Rickman fabrication. <laughs> uh, while we're on the subject, he
0: fucking rules in this movie. Um, He's fantastic. It's super over the top, but it is like, it is, it's very like anachronistic. Like the, he is evil. Like he does a good job of like doing the evil beats. Like he's not like a good guy. You don't root for him, but you also
1: are relish every time he's on screen. Yeah, he very much has like almost like Laurel and Hardy or even Wile E. Coyote reactions to things. Like yeah. when Kevin Costner cuts his cheek in the in the church, he's like sanctum or whatever. The, he goes, yeah. Ooh, he likes he slaps at his face a little bit and just like reeling with anger and it's hysterical. It's yeah. fantastic when he finds that someone drew a scar on his che- on his statue's cheek, uh, and he, sp- he steals the guy's little head covering and starts spitting on it and trying to wipe it off. He's just fantastic. Everything he does yeah. is great.
0: That statue is a good recurring bit because they they deliver the statue and then he notices someone drew the. It gets scar. vandalized. Yeah, and then <clears throat> later on, uh, Robin notices it. When he walks by, he does a double-take. And then <laughs> they use the statue to try to bust in the door when uh, uh, the sheriff is accosting Marion. And then the head falls off. So they destroy like, <laughs> this thing. It's very good.
1: Um, um, it, I did write in my notes that it's a very anti-statue movie. Yes. Um, Both because of that and the whole last uh, sword fight between Sheriff Nottingham and uh, Kevin Costner... <laughs> I'm going going to use his character name. <laughs> Alan Rickman is the sheriff of Nottingham and he's fighting this man named Kevin Costner. Um, they're just chopping statues left and right. It's like the statuary. Like there's so many statues up there. They keep running into and pushing over and accidentally yeah. chopping the hands off.
0: That's great. Um, at one point, um, when Robin's kind of, um, corralling the, the, the small folk and they're starting to kind of fight back in small ways. And he's stealing from, from, uh, the The rich people. Um, at one point, uh, the sheriff walks into like the witch's chamber, I think, and he just has a knife and he just like stabs things really quickly, like a knife tantrum. And then that's she's my t- favorite witch line. Yeah, go ahead. Something something vexes you. <laughs> it's great.
1: Something vexes me. <laughs> and he also. Um, and I think she's like holding like a chicken, like a, a plucked chicken, that, and she's just standing there waiting for his like tantrum to die out. It's great. Get um, me a show with those two fuckers.
0: Yeah, I'd watch that. That they're that both sequel. dead. Well, yeah. Um cut your heart out with a spoon. It's great. And then uh he also at one point says he hired thugs <laughs> when he's talking about which I assume um, About the Celts. Yeah, he like is realizes what a brilliant idea it is. And I imagine Trump saying that to himself every day, every time he like <laughs> hire thugs. Um,
1: thugs. They're great.
0: He's great. I. He can't do. Uh, he, I, I can't put him up for the Sally uh, the the Sally Field Award or not the uh, the um, the Catherine O'Hara Memorial, Catherine MVP, Memorial. Award. MVP Award because he is clearly recognized by everyone as the MVP. Oh yeah. But he's great. Um. Shall we move on? Do you have more Rickman?
1: Uh, let me see what I got here. Uh, yeah, let me just, um, I mean, nothing. I, I have some, my large comment that I always say for the end is Rickman adjacent, but we can move on. Can we talk about Maid Marian a little bit? Um, yeah, sure. Played by first off a name. I love to say Mary Elizabeth, Master Antonio. It's excellent. It's a name that just keeps going. You just (laughs) never know when it's going to stop. Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Um, uh, I thought she was okay. Um, she was an American who could do an accent. I can tell you that. Um, I think there's a lot of shit given on Kevin Costner, but I think some of that shit deserves to be on Christian Slater as well. I know he's not the lead of this movie. He's not the titular character, but his accent is just as bad as Kevin Costner's. And just as as quickly as it comes. He, yeah, he, he can't,
0: he seems to not be able to decide whether he's doing an accent or not. When he does it, I feel like it's, it doesn't bother me, but it's the inconsistency that makes you go like, Wait, does he
1: have an accent or not? Like, it, it, it did, like, oh. pull me out of it for a second. But he's so true. I made Marian, uh, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio, a name I'll continue to say. Uh, her intro is very weird, and I can't understand why the movie... I, I The only thing I can piece together is that it was, like, some sort of proto-badass uh, woman-like scenario. Yeah. Uh, but her badassness is... Yeah, also she, kind of inconsistent. So
0: when Robin goes to her, cause he's been her, he was in prison with her brother, with Marion's brother. And he, um, quickly dispatched
1: his, in an Arab yeah, prison.
0: Yeah. He promises him on his deathbed that a walk, look after Marion, who was a kid when he left. Um, and so when he gets back, he goes to their, their home and the, her handmaiden whose name, I don't remember, uh, poses as Marion and then at some point he says, I can't leave or whatever. And then he's attacked by like a guard, like a armored guard. And it turns out to be Marion, but that's the only time she wields a weapon. Really? It's the only time she like dis- is in disguise. There's the only time that she's
1: like a part of the like sort of action other than as a victim. Um, right. She does get a scene when she and her handmaiden are going through Sherwood forest and, uh,
0: They are. uh, Yeah,
1: that's right. They are taken over by two merry men. um, And they, yeah, the dumber ones. um, And they sort of dispatch them and and made Marion is able to, you know, hold a knife to one of their throats. But yeah, it, she, she also, it reminded me a little bit of, this is a weird connection, but it reminds me of Ocarina of Time, um, (laughs) where Princess Zelda is like this ninja for half the game. Yeah. And then the minute she takes off her ninja costume, she's immediately kidnapped by Ganon and right, held yeah. in a castle. And so yeah. that's sort of what happens in Marion. She has these sort of badass moments and is almost immediately in the third act. The third act's like, shit, what do we do? Oh, yeah. we'll just kidnap the girl like every other movie on Earth. Right. And hold her in a castle and Robin will come and save her. Um, so, yeah, her badass is a, a very plot convenient uh, contrivance. It's almost uh, as if they
0: didn't give thought to her character art and gave more thought (laughs) to her position in terms of Robin's uh, plot.
1: Yeah, it's almost like that. Um, And they also uh, sort of use these, like, stereotypical uh, female-associated traits, such as caring for children, um, (laughs) as, like, her weaknesses, and that's how she gets kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, It is... I mean, it's not, like overbearingly sexist, but it's it's got that undercurrent of sexist, yeah uh you know like they they, they built the flavor, you know what they what I mean the onions sexism, garlic you want to build up from there, yeah, you let those flavors get to know each other uh, and let them marry, yeah specifically they must be married <laughs> um, all right, we gonna... and also I mean the whole I mean as, as kind of fun as like the last scene is it, there's this whole Threat of rape that is like over yes. the whole, yes, uh, final fight scene, or at least this sort of climactic faux wedding that's happening between the sheriff and yeah. nottingham, uh, the bishop, the witch, He's very, and made married,
0: uh, dogmatic about having to consummate and having to actually be married before he consummates,
1: but not dogmatic about consent, <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: which, yeah, okay,
1: um, I mean, it. it, it I mean, I feel like for the entire movie, they, like, played this cartoonish villain role, and that uh, left a sour note a little bit. Yes. I mean, he is pretty villainous, yeah. but it was well, just like, oh. He's killing people. He's, he's trying to— Sure, it's it fun over. to kill people, though. Yeah. Cut people's tongues out. Disembowel your cousin. I get it.
0: Well, and like but why rape. Why are you taking over the kingdom when this guy who belongs to a certain family is rightfully king? It just makes sense. Kingdoms are stupid. know, <laughs> um, like uh uh Lauren who was only half watching the movie, but she at the end, when King Richard comes, when Sean Connery as King Richard comes, and uh, everybody's like very reverent and they're like, Oh yeah, and then it was like, wait, isn't this guy in the guy that started the crusades?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, well. I did have that thought when we were, like, Robin Hood is this folk hero, he's stealing from the aristocracy and giving to the poor, but he is still also, I mean, he's still like, oh, I still support the aristocracy, just this specific aristocracy of King Richard. I mean, not that I can hold it against this movie, I mean, that is part of the Robin Hood mythos, is that he is pro-King Richard the, the Lionheart and not... Uh, Sheriff of Nottingham and Prince John, who does not show up in this version of the movie, but he does show up in uh, Men in Tights. So you got to hand that to Mel Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Played by Richard Lewis, maybe.
0: <laughs> I We should probably watch that one.
1: Pretty, um, it's actually, I was going to say it's pretty great, but then I was like, no, wait, I've seen it. I know yeah. that's not <laughs> actually that's true. Not. I remember I was a snoot about Mel Brooks movies as a kid, and so I had seen, like, early Mel Brooks movies, and so when the later Mel Brooks movies came out when we were in high school, people were like, oh, man, man, it's awesome. I'm like, um, actually, high anxiety is probably peak (laughs) Mel Brooks, but... um, You watch them and you're like, oh, these might all be stupid. I'm not sure. (laughs) These all might be terrible. Uh, Can we talk about, while we're sort of... In the Merry Men wheelhouse yeah. right now, uh, the Will Scarlet twist he's is brother. dumb. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I won't. I'll hand it to them. They put enough breadcrumbs that yes. it's yeah that it doesn't like come out of nowhere. Like I remember it as a kid coming out of nowhere. But it's there's it doesn't change really anything.
0: Yeah, Except because the, the, the reason
1: they do hug and a Will Scarlet. I guess does express like, I mean, Will Scarlet's been shitty to Robin the entire movie. Yeah. And when he, um, he is released from jail when some of the merry men are captured, uh, under the guise of, he will get information on Robin. I can't remember what the deal was. Um, and then he immediately gets to Robin. You're like, Oh, he's going to double cross him, And he's like, Hey, can you do these things you promised? because we're brothers. And I'm like, what (laughs) does this matter? (laughs) Uh, Because he doesn't, he doesn't have a change of heart because of anything Robin does. He like almost decides to have a change of heart on the way to Sherwood forest. And we get privy to the reveal that he's had a change of heart. But the fact that they're brothers just seems so stupid. And the movie almost completely forgets it. Yeah. It's kind of tacked on. It's just, I I mean, half the time when he reveals that he's his brother, I'm like, Oh, wait, it had that feeling of like, oh, they're setting up Christian Slater to die. Right. But he doesn't die. He lives. Fuck me, he cleared it. Fuck me, he cleared it, indeed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's one of the, it it probably was a thing at the time, but especially now when I feel like we're in a hyper twist saturated environment for pop culture, where everything feels the need to have a twist. And I'm like... Guys, you can just have a straightforward plot. That might actually be the bigger twist these days, if you right, just well, have a straightforward yeah, that's, plot. That's the thing, is if everything has a twist, then nothing has a twist. You know Right, because everyone like, goes in yeah. waiting, like, for something. Yeah. Um, And this feels like maybe the precursor to that, where everything has to have a fucking twist. I get and that. That's not even a twist. I don't feel twisted. My back's brother. perfectly it's straight. Like, so? His half-brother that he barely knew. Right. And he's like, I have a brother?! Brothers got a hug. Do you uh do you feel like you're ready for quotes? <laughs> I didn't know we were coming there, but let's go to the quote gallery.
0: Um, when uh, what's the uh, Rob or um, sheriff of Runningham's <laughs> like lieutenant guy. What's his name? Guy of Gisborne. Guy of Gisborne. Uh, when he's like, he's like very marble mouthed. The whole uh, is yes. like, like, yeah. <sighs> kind of a Marlon Brando, a British Marlon Brando vibe. And then he's like yelling after going after Robin Hood. And then he looks at Mary and goes, my lady. And I do do that all the time. Um, Uh, Yeah,
1: he, I don't know. He's, uh, he's a true character to Robin Hood mythos. Guy of Gisborne is a a thing uh, from some of the poetry of, but that guy was, I don't know what if he was like straight out of the crying game or what he was doing, but he was very, this movie takes place where this movie was filmed in 1990. And here's the guy to prove it. Hello.
0: I'm here to talk. I'm pretty sure that was the guy, the lead singer from extreme.
1: So <laughs> wait, which one's extreme? Oh, wait.
0: More, More than, than words.
1: words. Um,
0: We've also, this is a bad quote. Um, Either we take our chances with the ghosts or we become ghosts ourselves. Oh, that one was pretty bad. you not to say that while they're coming after you? Because <laughs> <laughs> they were like at the edge of Sherwood Forest and they're like, Sherwood Forest is haunted. There's ghosts. And it's just like, dude, that sentence took precious seconds. Just get
1: out of here. Just get in the goddamn forest. Fangorn forest or whatever. Yeah, that was a bad one. Here is one of my favorites. Um, Hello, my lover. Uh, It's during the last scene. uh, Little John's wife. um, She's up on top of the, the ramparts of the castle, and this guard is giving her a hard time of why she's up there. And Little John, like... Just hey he's climbed over. up a rope. She's he she he picks him the guard up, throws him over the castle walls, and she goes, Hello, my lover. Yeah.
0: It's very very good. Uh Little John also calls them toss pots. <laughs>
1: <Sure>. <laughs> little John is uh maybe my nominee for the Catherine O'Hara MVP award. Little I like John. him a lot. He's good. Um
0: there's also the moment that um little he first encounters little John and they're they're like fighting in the forest and his son reveals himself, the kid that they had saved at the beginning of the movie reveals himself to be little John's son. And he's like, this is your father. And he just goes, yeah. And then he just, Kevin Costner like mocks him and goes like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I do that all the time. Um, I quote this movie more than I realized. Um, what was the other one?
1: To the trees. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that was something to quote. Are you getting in trees a lot? Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> No blades, no posts. Leave
1: your weapons here. I think it's just because he says it three times, and I've seen. He says movie. it three times, and he's fair, times. I, I did make. I did make a joke while we were watching that. Uh, also, clear plastic purses only. Uh, any cameras, yeah, please yeah, leave yeah. those here. It's
0: the, the proto TSA for sure, <laughs> and of course, fuck me, he cleared it, which is something I this. That's the most used quote, obviously. Um, I have two just general movie questions that come up in this movie and they're, they're kind of tropes. Um, when, uh, Robin, we get to see a little Robin bum when he's doing his frog swim comes out. And as everybody who's ever taken a bath or shower or gone swimming in a movie does, he just puts the pants right on just wet, (laughs) wet naked, butt into pants. Now this is medieval. Like maybe they didn't have underwear even by then, you know, maybe we're straight to pants, but, uh, that always bothers me. That's I have nothing to. No, yeah, it's about a very
1: that. visceral thing that you, yeah. as a human who has experienced things, will know. Oh, I would never want to do that. I yeah. would never want to put my wet legs into leather pants, <laughs> or even modern jeans. Like I, I yeah, like, that's
0: terrible. I understand people, you know, go free, and I think that's fine. But also, like you don't go free and wet. <laughs> that's just asking for fungus growth for another thing.
1: That's true. And I'm sure they were, they were
0: rife with fungus. Well, yes, you could tell by the teeth. Um, the other thing, and this is just a general trope too. I always wonder who builds the little models in world. Like, so like they, for the, (laughs) for For the, the the ocean's 11 heist. Yeah. Uh They have this little model and it's pretty accurate made of little wooden models and it's not like you know it's super detailed it's not like game of thrones like the uh the big chessboard there but they it is like very well done and i i understand that like in real life you know set decorators make that but in the story who is supposed to have made that? <laughs> like i do like that literally burying dead people and, and like <laughs> cleaning up burned things that somebody took the time probably a good hour Put that together.
1: Oh yeah. They had to like clear At the least. area, you know, for it. At and, first I um, thought it was just rocks in a circle, but actually when you zoom into it, there's like a little gate that was built yeah. of little like logs and then, uh, you know, a, a lentil on top. I mean, there was some consciousness to it. I feel like, I feel like once someone makes fun of the trope, the trope has to die. And anyone who has, who makes something after the trope was originally made fun of is cursed. And cursed to movie hell, and I feel like Back to the Future made fun of the trope of someone making a model yeah. by Marty McFly coming into Doc Brown's garage, seeing this highly detailed model, and Doc what Brown going, "I'm sorry, this. I'm sorry, I didn't make it to scale." Yeah. I do like. That. I feel like anyone who did anything after 1985 should have known better. <laughs>
0: um okay i that's all I got you you want to go to the the verdict no I've got a
1: big one to talk about oh please so i feel like I feel like we've been dancing around this um that this movie i I really enjoyed watching this movie, and i mean that's probably hinting at my verdict um but I feel like this movie I, okay i'll say this um I feel like we have a a tendency of like thinking of older stories as high art that by being old, they must be like high art. Right. And so because the Odyssey is such an old story, it must be high art, but it's just a road movie that was like made up by Homer to entertain a bunch of people. And I feel like that's sort of the same as Robin hood. Like Robin hood is like a medieval or even pre medieval action hero. Right. And, he had all these little sort of short stories about him, like getting the best of the sheriff of Nottingham and Prince John and, and guy of Gisborne. And that was like his thing. He was like this roguish, almost like Bugs Bunny character. And I feel like this movie, for the most part, everyone in this movie knows that this is the type of character we're going to portray Robin Hood as, and it's going to be sort of stupid and there's going to be explosions, but there's also going to be like a huge amount of comic relief. Um, but someone was left out of that conversation, um, and it reminded me of this story that Gore Vidal tells in the celluloid closet, where he was he worked as like a ghostwriter on Ben Hur, where Ben Hur is the story of these two Roman guys, Charlton Heston and Sebastian Boyd, who were like friends, and then like over the course of the movie, they like are not friends anymore, and they are driven apart. And uh, Gore Vidal, famous queer writer, pulls Sebastian Boyd aside and said, "Hey." you know, it's ancient Rome. When you two get reunited at the beginning of this movie, remember you two were lovers when you were younger. And the guy was like, great. Okay. I got it. But Gore Vidal did not tell Charlton Heston this. So if you watch Ben-Hur now, you see this one guy who's like, so into Charlton Heston and Charlton Heston, just playing it for lack of a better word straight. (laughs) Um, And I feel like that's, what's happening with Kevin Costner in this movie Mm-hmm. That everyone else is obviously like having the time of their lives and like playing up these sort of campy like archetypes. And Kevin Costner thinks he's William Wallace. Like <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham is this big like campy character, like almost like Yosemite Sam practically. And we have Azim who may be a little bit racially insensitive, but is also like a fun character. Briar Tuck is a fun character. The merry men are all kind of fun. Little John is charming, and that he's this huge guy who can't swim. And he's like got this like, you know, worker, you know, it's lower class like accent. He's got this attitude. And Kevin Costner is just like California surfer boy trying to give big speeches. And like sometimes there's even moments in the script where you're like, why are you reading it like this? You're supposed to be charming and roguish, and you're just coming off Weird and stiff. What? Uh, what? Do you, well, like? What? Do you have an example of that particular thing? Or I if, feel like that like, ghosts line that you cited as terrible uh, is like, a terrible line as read by Kevin Costner. But like... I think, I think it could have been much more charming. And mm-hmm. I think there's like a scene where he visits the priest and he sort of pinches the priest's bottom. Yeah. And there's like this almost playfulness, and that playfulness immediately, like after that moment has passed, like. We are now two actors in a scene staring at each other. Like Kevin Costner can only process this like fun side of Robin Hood for like when someone comes up specifically and says, You need to be fun at this moment in the script. And he's like, Got it. And I will stop being fun the minute that moment has passed. I don't know. I feel like he I think he gets a lot of flack in this movie, and I think it's very rightfully earned. Like he is the biggest stumbling block of this whole movie.
0: I feel, I feel what you're saying. I, and I agree. To extent. <laughs> However, I want to defend, uh, Kate Koss, my, my buddy, Kevin. please, please. I
1: know you're tight. I know uh, you're both just, in bands, just the best of friends. Uh, you're it's all banding to together cuz you're both musicians hit hard by this pandemic. You yeah. can't go out and play music. You both just are on equal footing now. Just yeah, we're
0: in the same exact situation. <laughs> and I'm constantly singing to myself, it's hard to believe I'm with Kevin. Um,
1: <laughs> but so <laughs> we are things. funny, me and my
0: boyfriend. <laughs> I don't think I don't think all of it is intentional, so I think some of this I'm reading into the text to give him a, not not a, like not that I'm doing this on purpose right now to to defend him, but like it, as my watching, I'm reading into it the fact that he's been through like horrible trauma, like his not only was his father killed, uh, but he was burned for being a devil worshiper uh, right. by
1: a devil worshiper, no less.
0: Yeah, by an actual devil worshiper and insult then, and injury. And then, like, and before that, even, you know, like he was, who knows how long he was in prison, he might say, but I can't remember. Uh, he was imprisoned after fighting a war, which, you know, terrible as it may be, he, you know, war is a horrible thing. So I think he, like, is supposed to be that. And they even talk about, like, he was this uh, spoiled brat like when he left or probably before yeah. he left, because he was like an adult when he went off to war, but he was much younger and been oh, yeah. for, for years. And he, you know, like you're this spoiled bully that used to burn my hair, you know? And so he was always like this, you know, like uh playful, you know, sounds like more of a dick than he's supposed to be now. But also I think he's, he's fighting, he, he's like coming at that, but then also dealing with this, situation where like he decides that it has to be him who has to step up but he doesn't want to and so he like i think some of that is giving him too much credit giving
1: kevin costner too much credit and giving he the doesn't want to credit. i feel like he very much wants to well i mean Azim at some point has to say hey yeah make sure you're doing this for them and not for your own glory because the minute he like lands in sherwood forest he's like why don't you fight back what's the fucking problem yeah well, I think he's mad. I think he's, I don't think he did a good job
0: of like showing this, but I think he's like, my father was killed. My birthright was taken away from me, which, you know, birthrights are stupid, I guess, but like, you know, but you know what I mean? Like they didn't do a great job. I think you're right in that I'm putting a lot in there. No, I
1: I, I would the say text. there is a lot of like hinted at with, with his character that I caught this time around um, the spoiled brat lines I mean, it, it makes him seem... There's an implication of interestingness about Robin Hood yeah. that I don't think we ever meet the the low bar of being interesting, <laughs> but there's, there's hints at like, oh, there was this huge change that has happened and a lot of people are not recognizing his new worldview, I guess, now that he's back from the Crusades and what does that mean? And I wish we had gotten... I don't know how it would do. I mean, it's already pushing, you know... 160 minutes or whatever, but yeah. I wish we had gotten a little bit of like, what is Robin of Loxley before he leaves? Because he obviously right. one uh, He broke with his father who thought the crusades were stupid, which is kind of interesting in and of itself. Cause you, I guess from a modern perspective, you would assume that the older generation would be like, you need to go off to war and yeah. you know, this is a religious war and it's right, but it's the opposite in this case. Um, and, he was obviously also a spoiled brat and picked on everyone so there was probably like a arist- aristocratic like yeah prickish vibe about him that that will scarlet also holds against him and i think is would explain a lot of will scarlet's resentment even more uh if we knew a little bit more about robin hood before he left for the crusades and what that change means we only see him when he's already a fantastic do gooder I mean, the right. first scene is him literally breaking a uh, Jerusalem prison apart right. almost single-handedly. Yeah. Um, how did no one else think to just pull the ropes when they're going to go off your hand? <laughs> Shouldn't Was no one else think of that? The whole time? I
0: guess You all think there'd you be health and safety
1: going, name? hey, make sure you don't like hold it in a way that they can just pull your hand under the sword. <laughs> you want to be careful, Greg. Where's OSHA in all this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see the the poster in the break room, Greg? God damn Just wash it! Wash your
0: hand for twenty seconds and then chop it off. <laughs> um,
1: I want it clean when I throw it away.
0: Yeah, no, I think, and I, I actually one hundred percent agree with the fact that he does give us glimpses of that, like sort of like. Ray Vist, I feel like, like the script gives us glimpses
1: more than he does.
0: Well, but you know, he he does a couple things, like the you know, like you said, the the butt pinch. There is like. A couple of, he's joking with Duncan and he's like, um, you know, he he does, speaking of butt,
1: he does like a butt slap
0: with, uh, with, after he leaves her. He is
1: much more charming in the first act, I think. As the movie goes on, it becomes more exhausting. And I think Um, he does
0: get those, the big speeches he's got to give. So there's more heavy lifting with the script
1: and i feel like those big speech if we he had been sort of established as like this more charming roguish character those speeches would carry a lot more weight but because he sort of is always playing it somewhat at the same level those speeches just seem a bit stodgy for yeah. me yeah no i agree with you on that i agree i
0: think i was expecting worse because you know, I, I, remember liking this movie, but then, you know, you hear about things and like, I haven't seen it in years and years and he gets a bad rap for this movie. And I think I was expecting worse.
1: So I think there are, I think, I, I mean, the, the the one that came out that we referred to last time with uh, Russell Crowe, that one's even worse. I mean, that's if Kevin Costner wrote the whole damn thing <laughs> that Robin hood is terrible and it's so self-serious mm-hmm. and exhausting yeah. And I have not seen this, this newer one that I had forgotten existed until I was doing research on this one, the one with that Guy Ritchie did with Taryn Edgerton oh. and, and Jamie Foxx. I didn't even know that existed. It was one of the biggest box office bombs of last year. Oh, last year? It was the year. first box office bomb. Yeah! yeah! Did you see it? No, no oh. one did. It was the biggest box office bomb. Um, it looked like a Guy Ritchie joint. It looked a lot like okay. that King Arthur movie that was also the biggest bomb of whatever year it came out in. Mm-hmm. Um, guy Ritchie's not doing great. Maybe not 2019. It might have been 2018, but it was really recent. Hmm. This new Robin Hood. It makes me want to watch it. Had Ben Mendelsohn in it. Love that guy. Ben Mendelsohn! You know, cop shit. I do like Taryn Edgerton in that every movie he's in, I feel like it's trying to trick me into thinking he's 5'10". And I'm like... I ain't buying it. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the verdict. Come on. Sir. Sure.
0: Dana Anthocles, what is your verdict?
1: Um... <laughs> In a perfect world, I could recast this just in the lead and maybe Christian Slater too. But I would say your inner child is not an idiot, oh, but just barely. Oh, okay. Uh, I feel like the supporting cast really keeps this movie afloat. I mean, I can't say that I did not enjoy watching it. I also even thought, and I don't usually think these things, I enjoyed like the fight scenes. Um, yeah, I lot thought there was swashbuckling were... going on. Oh yeah, there's there's plenty of swash to be buckled. It's just free hanging. You gotta. You gotta bundle it. it, it. Yeah, you bundle it. Put that together. Um, Swash bundle. So obviously. I, I think it's it's um, Bugs Bunny ish enough, satanic enough to just be a fun afternoon <laughs> on a Saturday. <laughs> I love a witch. Why aren't there more witches in movies? We drown them Think all. Think of The Godfather if, that, if Mortiana was in The Godfather. And every so often, Mar- Marlon Brando went to his basement, and there was just an old witch with a milky eye down there, and she like threw a bunch of dominoes and a bloody egg and told him that he should you know, give his whole empire over to Michael. That's a better movie already, and that's one of the greatest Screw. movies of all time. <laughs> um...
0: I'll tell you my verdict. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was already packing my bags. <laughs> he's gone. He well, he's out of the Zoom. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, your child is not an idiot. I actually quite enjoyed this. Um, I think it was a lot of fun. There are flaws, to be sure. Um, as is often the case, uh, there's some like uh, sexism issues. Women, women characters getting the shortest of shrifts. I do see your points about um, Kevin Costner's acting, and I think there's something to be said for
1: that. Um, I don't think that Kevin, I just want to say, I don't think Kevin Costner is a bad actor. I think he has a very specific range yeah. that he works in, and this is outside of that range. Yeah, it's, he's not like a, you know, he's not a character actor. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't blend into a role. And uh, that mullet, uh, don't care for that mullet. <laughs> even a yeah. nice mullet it's like if i grew a mullet like just like wisps on top and just chunks just big triangles on the side and the back no good you don't think he uh is handsome in this movie you know uh tyler was half watching this movie and during the waterfall frog swimming scene when he kermit's mm-hmm. out of the water mm-hmm. uh tyler just went is that what we thought was an attractive man in the 90s? <laughs> No, like i mean a modern analog for
0: kevin costner like john ham john ham was so much more handsome i feel like john ham looks
1: to quote liz lemon looks like a cartoon pilot yeah. um i don't know oh because he's not i mean what what is charming about kevin costner is not he's not super ripped but he's not like flabby or anything when he when you find yeah. me, uh he it is a little case of what i call game of thrones body where Like everyone finally takes off this twenty-seven layers they're wearing, you're like, "Oh, okay, Jon Snow, I see it now." But usually, I just see literally your head. I don't even see your neck. (laughs) Um, So it's always a little bit. He he doesn't have the strongest jawline, so he does kind of look in all these medieval layers and leather garments and tunics. Made from the same.
0: They literally made a. This is the very early days of three D printing. They made a mold and they made him and Huey Lewis out of the same. Um,
1: uh, he's he's got a bit of a thumb head, uh, so it doesn't work <laughs> in the outfits he's wearing. I'm trying to. I'm really curious about your question about uh, a, a modern corollary, uh, and I really can't can't do it. I really can't. Can't be done. It's impossible. Maybe Matt Damon now. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, pointful pointful Kieran conversation.
0: <laughs> <idiot>. Kira <laughs> Joe's is not an idiot. That's all I have to say. I think. Uh, That this was pretty fun. I was kind of expecting it to be because I used to really like this, so I was expecting to get it, you know, like hoist with my own petard. Um, but we didn't even talk about the
1: tie ins. This was like a a tie in movie, like, there was this huge. This movie was enormous. This, there was a time like you could buy like the action figures. Uh, I believe there was a tie in cereal with marshmallow arrows in the cereal. It was, there was a lot
0: to the, like, I remember the trailer had, like, the weird arrow shot where
1: they have, like, a camera on top of the arrow, and um, Three things in every trailer. The arrow shot. Yeah. Robin Hood shooting a flaming arrow while something explodes behind him in that yes. last scene, and Maid Marian going Robin! Yep, yep.
0: Exactly right. And
1: that is a great that scream. Was. As sexist as that trope is, that scream is great. It's a very good one. It's uh, <laughs> she did I hope that
0: was not too many takes because she gave Oh up. yeah, she'll get that those Julie Andrews polyps if she's not careful. <laughs> um what did you think, everybody? Call us six one five. Tell me my personal number, please. Zero five two five. Um you can also email us your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. Um you can find us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. supporter of the show, or you know, just help out some people that need it right now because we're just doing a dumb podcast. There's a lot of crazy shit going on. I want to thank our current patrons, including Lindsay Nell, supreme ruler of this podcast. That's a different person, not Lindsay Nell, comma, the supreme ruler of this podcast.
1: Although, I, I mean, um, it, watching a medieval movie, it feels like a title.
0: It does. right uh, after. The Zesty, Little Flick, Just Cuz, Jacob Grimm, Christina Brooklyn, His Honor the Mayor, Jeremy T. Powellin, Joshua Nicholson, Karen Kurd, Larissa Maestro, Dan McIntyre and Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. here helping us uh, keep doing this podcast in time when the world needs us. Damon. We were just spoiled little brats, but we stepped up when the world needed us. You know,
1: I've always said that about myself, um, that I always step up when the world needs me uh, that I'm, you know, I'm the hero that Gotham both needs and deserves. So. <laughs> um, I just wanted to tell you, don't tell me
0: it's not worth fighting for.
1: What else did I, I, can't I not tell
0: you? Help it. Nothing I want more. If you could
1: list some things you would do for me, what would they be? You no, know it's true. Oh, I'm getting a little closer to my. I see that. Now.
0: Everything I do, literally everything. <laughs> oh, motherfucker! <laughs> I do it for you. That's oh man, that was pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. I think that's a take.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I think you did great. I apologize for misreading where we were in the song or when I was trying to participate. Should have just let you handle it. You are a professional after all. I think everybody
0: can hear that in my singing voice. So. <laughs>